What people like and do will never be the same from person to person, but one thing that is for certain is that everyone has something that they nerd out about. Trust me, I have yet to meet someone that doesn't have a favorite fictional world that they have invested extra time into watching, reading, playing, or whatever have you. Thus, in some way, they are a nerd. In this interview-based series, I'm talking to people with varying jobs and hobbies to see what fantasy worlds have enticed them enough to be deemed their favorite, and find out a little about worlds that they would like to live in just so I can show you that no matter who you are, we're all nerds. Today, I'm talking to a guy named Thomas. Hey Thomas, how are you? I'm doing alright, how about you? I'm doing pretty good today. It's been been pretty slow, but hanging in there. Yeah, I feel you. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself? What do you do, that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, right now I'm a census worker, but that's a temporary thing. So uh, if you haven't filled out your census, you might hear from me. But uh, I went to went to went to college with uh, with John and a couple of the other people that have been on the podcast before. What'd you go for? So, uh, well, I went for art, but I'm not really using a lot of that right now. Besides through cosplay stuff. What what kind of cosplay stuff are you currently working on? Uh, well, in the mix, I've got something from the Division Two, which is a sort of a third person shooter in the Tom Clancy kind of thing. I'm still be planning to remake some Mandalorian armor that I made for a Halloween costume one year, and uh, that's about it right now. Nice. Well, uh, what are some projects that you've done before, or some of your favorite ones? Well, I've done some Fallout stuff. Uh, I've probably redone that costume twice now. Mm-hmm. I wore it, I think, the first time I went by myself to Dragon Con, not with my family. It was made out of an old Air Force jumpsuit, so it was navy blue, and it had some t-shirt cut up and glued to it. But I was unhappy with where I, with, with how I did that, so I kind of ripped the, the t-shirt off of there, used acetone to try and clean up as much of the glue as I could, and then got my cousin to help me with a new t-shirt to sew the stripes on the front in the right spot. So it's the same jumpsuit, it's just got new stripes. Then I, uh, I, I ordered one on Etsy that was a custom-made like huge jumpsuit because they don't make them readily available for someone of my size. They're all a little too short. As a beginning question that I usually ask most anyone, how nerd do you consider yourself? I consider myself to be pretty nerdy because, I mean, I've I've watched sci-fi and fantasy stuff since I was a very little kid. My dad kind of got me into that at a very young age, and I have always enjoyed it, and I have not stopped since then. What are some of the earliest memories that you can think of when you first got into it? Stuff like Jurassic Park, Star Wars, the original movies. Uh, my dad showed me those. And then when they had those re-releases in theaters with all the new CGI stuff, uh, my dad took me to see all three of them when they came out, and that was always a fun experience. What's your favorite Even out of though, those ones? Oof. Uh, Return of the Jedi. I know... People like to say, oh, yeah, Empire Strikes Back is the best one out of the original trilogy. But, you know, my personal favorite was Return of the Jedi because, you know, it was the happy ending until recently. There was a bit of underlying thoughts there. Anything you want to say about some of the new stuff then? I'm not a huge fan, but it's just because I feel like they kind of just undid everything that happened in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. (laughs) Did you think the movies themselves weren't good or you just didn't like it? how they handled the storyline. The the movies themselves were great. Like, they were entertaining to watch, and I love Star Wars no matter how weird it feels or whatever, but, you know, I felt like the story kind of went all over the place and didn't really have a cohesive plot line, simply because I feel like there was a lot of differing visions and 
and stuff like that between directors and between films. The last one was kind of like a real overcorrection. It was probably hindered by people complaining so much about the uh, the second one. Well, you talked a lot but, about Star Wars. Would you say that's your favorite nerd thing? In terms of, uh, like, total lifetime interest in it, I'd say yeah. But as of late, I've gotten into, a, like, a few other different things now. What are a couple of them? I, uh, I've been playing Destiny 2 for a long time now, and I've been following the story. And as the game has sort of evolved over time since, like, I think it's 2017 or 18, something around there. But the game has changed so much since the since it first came out, hmm. and uh, I've I've just been following along. I've I've played with a bunch of people from all over the country and the world at this point because we've gotten people from outside of the U.S. in our clan now. But lately, like in the past couple of weeks, I've been doing I don't know. I've been hyper focused in doing a deep dive into the Warhammer 40k series and like the lore the, and story and everything. Yeah. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm buying models to paint, but I might. <laughs> so it's 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 up it's up my alley because I like painting and I'm kind of artsy. What is the general premise of Warhammer? Because I've seen a lot of people talk about it and, and like I've seen it in places, but I've never really known what it is. Okay, so well, the 40k universe because there's there's two separate like games workshops universe. One is like a medieval fantasy, just Warhammer. Ah. The other one is Warhammer 40k. In 40k, it's like at this point, I think it's the 42nd millennium, so it's 42,000. That's the year AD, and humanity's gone through an apocalyptic, knocked back to the Stone Age kind of thing, and that was after they had already like branched out and colonized many different planets in the galaxy and that kind of thing. And there's a god emperor of mankind that's been walking around on Earth for like hundreds of thousands of years and just like okay hey yeah uh, i'm gonna reunite everybody and go on this big great crusade and then and then he makes 20 kids but two of them aren't so great because we don't we don't talk about those kids anymore a couple of those kids are like no nah, we don't like you dad and then they're like yeah we're gonna betray you and go for these chaos gods because they seem like they have our best interests and in hearts they really didn't oh no <laughs> <laughs> so then they kind of kill him but not it's just a weird, com complicated thing. Just, there's so much to go into. And that's just focused on the humanity aspect of that, because there's so many other... There are other races in the 40k universe that are just as ridiculous. So, like, it has different stories for, like, just a bunch of different branching things? Yeah. Um, oh. And it's it's got an ongoing story right now. It's, it's to tie into new models, probably, but, you know, it's the Indominus Crusade. One of those 20 kids has kind of come back and is now leading the Imperium to like reunite everybody and is introduced a new type of space marine that's supposed to be better than the regular space marines. And some people are like, what do we do about that? Like, it seems like, you know, the Emperor kind of designed everything this way. Why change it? But that's just a, that's just so that you can buy more Primaris marines to supplement your space marine stuff. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta be able to augment your things get get the things to make them just a bit more fancy you know i haven't gone anywhere near any of the rules for the actual tabletop wargaming stuff for this series but it's complicated it looks like <laughs> i mean a lot of tabletop gaming is a weird mix of super complicated but also not very complicated all at the same time from what i've seen yeah, there's a big spectrum of different tabletop stuff out there. I mean, I've I've played something like D&D, &D, which is 
I think it's as, it's as approachable as it's ever been right now with fifth edition. And mm-hmm. now there's going to be an upcoming like change that, you know, lets you build your characters based off of stats instead of racial abilities. You know, mm-hmm. like you can, you can play as a, a not very charismatic tiefling if you want to. So okay. that's just going to give people more control over how they want to play and who they want to play. I like that. Cause like, I know in, I think it was like the earlier, like third edition and, previous didn't D have various things in place where only particular races could do a certain class at all yeah uh i actually i started whenever i was in high school i started playing a D D, so that's like second edition or something i think or like 2.5 something like that i don't know the exact edition number of it but you know it was yeah you couldn't be certain things if you were a certain race like halflings could not be barbarians because they were too small or something like that half orcs i couldn't be paladins because they were partially evil you know that's the whole thing about certain races being evil that Mm -hmm. they are steering away from right now with uh, a lot of the new changes to the way the game is played i like and i like i do i do too it's a it's a good choice because like we've had some shenanigans in in various 5e campaigns that i've done and i i know like a lot of the campaigns that that i've been a part of have been loosely but primarily based on how it works in 5e like we pretty much use the D as the basis for combat and then past that we just kind of we just kind of wing it and role play you know improv kind of stuff yeah at some point it's just up to the dm to you know bend the rules to make things fun yeah because, like, I know there's a certain level of D&D stuff where you have to actually keeping up with your resources and supplies and food and things like that. But most all the DMs that I've had have been like, yeah, we're we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, rations for three weeks or something like that. It's like, you're carrying this much stuff. Like, what's your encumbrance? We're not going to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. All this other stuff that comes in your little starting equipment, we're not going to, you know, bother lugging around 20 feet of rope unless you absolutely need it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got it, you know, because it's in your inventory. This think, magical space that nobody really worries about. I think it'd be pretty cool to to try a campaign that focuses on all that. But then I feel like it might just be extreme roleplay camping. <laughs> it would be, though. It'd be uh, D&D survival mode or whatever, hardcore yeah, like in Fallout when you actually have to eat. That's why I got the uh, the GameStop edition of New Vegas. It came with the the canteen that automatically made you drink water. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. That was the last game that I really remember doing a bunch of cool extra items depending on where you got the game. Because now they're just like, no, oh, there's nothing. You buy it wherever, you know, buy it digitally. Yeah. It'll be easier. Or you'll get maybe some, some skin DLC for a lot of games. We are all over the place with these topics. <laughs> That's so okay. Well, well, it's not fully all over the place. We went from cosplay to movies to video games to, to tabletops. It's fine. Yeah. Well, a lot of the things that I talk about, it, it encompasses a lot of those things because I've, I've cosplayed from my tabletop stuff. Yeah. You know, I've that was my capstone in college. I made costumes for three characters that I made up from... You know, based off of a 5e template. So getting back into some of the cosplay things, do you have a like a dream cosplay project? Well, looking at how crazy cool that I've uh, the Warhammer 40k Space Marine cosplays I've seen are, I would love to do a Space Wolves cosplay. Uh, they're basically Vikings in space with giant 
power armor and big glowing swords and stuff like that. It sounds like it'd be quite an undertaking. Yeah, I'd but have yeah. to build the armor based around stilts. <laughs> I, I'm too short to be a full height space marine. And like, yeah, I think like seven to eight feet tall. Ooh, yeah, that's that's from <laughs> coming from little five five guy here. I'm just like, yep, that's, that's yep. <laughs> yeah, and you you already know how tall I am, like <laughs> yeah. comparatively. Thomas towers I, over I, me. The, yeah, I'm I'm six foot six, and I'd still be on the lower end, shorter than a space marine, which aren't quite even human anymore. That's the fun thing about those guys. What what are they? They're something more. They're mutated, kind of. Um, they've got a bunch of extra organs. They're, they're made from people. People go in and, and undergo these pro- these procedures to become space marines. And they end up with like an extremely hardened skeleton, a rib cage that's almost entirely solidly fused bone that's bulletproof, two hearts, three lungs, extra kidneys and stuff like that. So it's like it's... the next step to the super soldier serum, like Captain America, but to the yeah. max. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of horrific when you really actually go down into the the the, the whole process. Yeah, it sounds like it. Oof, it's it's not pretty. It it uh, it's one of those like oh, only a few people can actually withstand the trauma of doing this, and they're forever changed. I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. that sounds about right. Since the life of these space marines sounds to be a bit unpleasant. Let's get a bit into some of the worlds that you would like to live in, or characters that you would like to live their life as. So what are some of the fictional worlds that you're just like, hey, I would like to live there, because it seems cool as heck? Star Wars is one of them, definitely. Um, (laughs) I think one of my favorite memories was playing a bunch of, uh, a Star Wars tabletop game with a bunch of my friends, and it was fun to actually interact with that world, and I think living there would be interesting. But I'd have to say maybe Destiny, because... Just the the way the world works, it seems like normal people don't have a terrible time in this fictional universe. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be super special to, you know, actually survive. Definitely not 40k, because normal people do not have a great life in that universe. The plus in Destiny, if you die, there's a chance that you might get resurrected as a guardian. Because, yeah, the, the player character is kind of a, a, a paracausal zombie. That can't die. What does paracausal mean? Well, they exist and they don't exist. So when... (laughs) Oh god, it's hard to explain what the ghost does. It basically copies your body from a different universe. If you die, it'll rebuild your body or reanimate your body based off of... Oh, in another universe, you're still alive. So, in this universe, you're going to be alive now. Huh. That's actually a pretty cool... Like a cool take on, like, respawning. Yeah, that's the respawn mechanic explained in-universe. So since you said Destiny is the one that you would want to overall live in, if you were one of the main characters like with special powers kinds of things, so what class would you personally want to be? Well, I'm, I'm main a titan, so probably a titan, just because I like the defensive kind of bulky armor kind of, kind of, kind of aesthetic that they have, and, and their powers are usually a little more AoE kind of things. Like, I especially like the Sunbreaker Titans. They uh, just get a big flaming hammer, and they get to throw that around. Nice, nice. And that's always fun. Or you can just be Thor from Thor Ragnarok and just, you know, have <laughs> lightning shooting out of you while you're just ju- running around and jumping and slamming onto the ground. Yeah, it, it definitely lives up to the name Fists of Havoc. 
Yeah. If you weren't one of the people with special powers, what kind of stuff do you think you would do in universe, like as a job or something? Well, it depends on where I, where, you know, usually most of humanity lives in the last safe city underneath the traveler, Mm -hmm. which is this big ball that if anybody knows what have seen, has seen destiny, that's what that big sphere is. But yeah, everybody lives in the same city. Usually there are a few people that live out outside the city, but they're kind of hiding from all the aliens that are just all over the solar system. I mean, I, I probably have more access to materials to make stuff. Seems like it's pretty easy to get your hands on materials, especially with uh, what they call golden age technology. You could probably make all kinds of stuff. I'd probably try and become, you know, some kind of smith to make armor and weapons and stuff like that. It's like making cosplay, but instead of yeah. it just looking cool, <laughs> it also actually does the things. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that actually be really cool. Uh, you'd get your high up in the ranks because you'd have just super cool looking armor. Yeah, you know, I try and copy some of the other armor styles, you know. You see all these people walking around with Iron Banner stuff, and I'm like, hey, I like that gold inlay on that chest piece. I'm going to try and do that with something else. Uh, what is your favorite of the armor styles? Ooh, right now, man, there's an exotic arm piece that's called Synthroceps, but I've got a skin for it that makes it look like this stuff called Siva, which is this this nanite that it's it was designed to enhance people. Mm-hmm. and things and create things out of basically these nanites but when it's corrupted it kind of grows into this weird muscle stuff so my characters walk usually would walk around what it looks like their arms have busted out of their armor and it's got this like red mechanical muscle looking stuff all over it sounds like a, a funky weird nano machine symbiote yeah it's it's a little bit like that but uh if i had to replicate a style i think i would try and go for tex mechanica what is Tex Mechanica? Space Western. So you'd be yeah. a... <laughs> so like Red Dead Redemption, but yeah, space. Yeah, but, you know, space. Like a lot of the Tex Mechanica stuff looks like contemporary Western style stuff, not future weapons. Well, it's future weapons, but it's like with an old Westy kind of flair. Kind of like when you see those... Ah, uh, oh, what is it? I'm trying to think. I, I can't think of what it is, but there was this one show that I was watching a while back that had some sort of western westerny style look about it, and some of the Tri- guns Trigun? in the show. It, no, it wasn't Trigun because I, I haven't I haven't watched Trigun. It's on my list, but like they had like a there was a cool flintlock pistol looking thing, but it it was like a futuristic gun thing, but it looked like a flintlock. If you ever remember the name of that, let me know. Will do. <laughs> Or maybe it wasn't actually futuristic guns, but the rest of the world was futuristic. Man, you, the the topic of this would probably change a couple months from now. Like mm-hmm. this whole thing, I'd be I'd be ranting and raving about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven when that comes out. Fingers crossed because it's been delayed twice already. But you know, there's a new tabletop game coming out, and I want to get together and play that. What about Cyberpunk? What you seem pretty excited about it. What's what's got you excited? Well, I. I've always had a weird thing about, you know, cyborgs and cybernetic enhancements and stuff like that. Like, give me a robot arm, you know? I want to be able to store my cell phone in there and just, like, pop it out of my wrist or whatever, you know? Yeah. That just seems so cool to me, and it's it's got a big universe where you got stuff like Blade Runner-style corporations and flying cars in big cities. Then you've got, like, low-level street crime, like, Judge Dredd-style stuff going around, and then mm-hmm. out... Outside the cities, you've got basically futuristic Mad Max car races and stuff like that. 
it's just it's got every a little bit of every kind of genre that I really enjoy, no. and the occasional giant robot. I I know I'm looking forward to it when it comes out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna lose a lot of free time in that one when it comes out. So will a lot of us. Yeah, wrapping this a bit up. Do you do you have anything else you want to just add on or talk about that you haven't already covered? Well, having listened to a lot of the other podcasts, I can usually. I could have had a conversation with every single person on the podcast about what they were talking about because, as I said, I have I'm all over the place, but like there's so much that I could talk about right now that I could just add to whatever they were saying. Like I'm like I've been watching all the DC stuff that just came out. There's some new movies, new video games that I'm excited about. I'm excited to see what's going to go on with Gotham Knights and the Suicide Squad. James Gunn's new Suicide Squad movie and it looks so cool. Isn't it like? Isn't it called like Suicide Squad: Death of the Justice League or something like that? That's the video game. Uh, oh, I'm hoping it's going to be like a four player co op one. Because one of my friends put it this way: it looks like these two DC video games are the two versions of the Pokemon game that come out every time. <laughs> because it's two. It looks like two four player co op. You know, four characters focused types of games like with uh with gotham knights you've got nightwing uh i think it's tim drake as robin because it's definitely too old to be damien uh batgirl and then red hood so you've got like three out of the four robins and batgirl in this game and that looks like it's fun then you got for the suicide squad game you got harley quinn deadshot captain boomerang and king shark i'm just excited about that and i was talking to a friend about how am i gonna make a king shark cosplay I I, I don't that... even know what King Shark looks like. I haven't I haven't seen the Suicide Squad movies. <laughs> there was a really old TV show that was like in that era of people trying to capitalize on the popularity of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it was called Street Sharks, and it was giant anthropomorphic shark people, and that's what King Shark looks like typically, <laughs> a giant shark man. Yeah, it looks like he's got a lot of tattoos, so that'd be fun to like buy a great white shark looking bodysuit and. You know, paint up. some tattoos on there yeah. but it was nice talking to you man like i really enjoyed this yeah and keep doing what you're doing like this is a fun podcast do you have any other shout outs that you'd like to put in before before you wrap it up i mean i've got an instagram don't really post much there but i do do um cosplay stuff and some art when i drew when i when i upload it you know every once in a while but uh it's the big bear zero nine one if you want to check me out that's the username well, be sure to check out his Instagram. This has been the Hypothetical Nerd John and Thomas. If you enjoyed, do me a favor that they can find We Are All Nerds on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, and most other podcast hosting platforms. And if you need some recommendations for some good anime or video games, check out my 5-10 to 10 minute recommendations called Joy to the Nerds, available on most all the same platforms. Thank you for spending your time listening to us rant about stuff that we think is pretty rad. I hope you have a great day and come back to hear us. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 